if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. And a good morning to you. Thanks for being with us as we get started at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Tuesday morning of the 23rd morning of the sixth month of the year of our Lord 2020. You know what Tuesday is. It's a good day. Why? Because it's a curse in our day. Peter will be with us in hour number two, starting at 1010, continuing till about 1040. And we'll get 30 minutes or so of Peter Kersenau's wisdom, brilliance, and uh, analysis, and uh, very much looking forward to that. Speaking of brilliance, there is another version of it, and it comes from Jack Windsor, who is a um, an intrepid, it's an overused word for reporters, but I think it applies in this case, an intrepid reporter, uh, Jack Windsor, who has been uh, continuing to cover the COVID-19 orders and responses and daily explanations, roughly daily, from uh, Governor Mike DeWine and uh, Lieutenant Governor John Husted and the new acting health director and, yes, still the health advisor, making 236000 Ohio taxpayer dollars to do a job that didn't exist before she showed up. Uh, of course, I'm talking about the walking lab code, Amy Acton. Jack Wilson is going to break down the latest on the COVID lies being passed to us daily by Governor Mike DeWine. Let me say that again. Not um, nuanced information. Not um, I just lies. I'm just. I'm not going to think of another way to say not lies. It's just lies. They're lying to us. And Jack and uh, some of his uh, cohorts uh, last night on a Facebook Live event uh, presented some amazing information uh, about the truth behind uh, whether or not we are seeing spikes all over this state and whether or not uh, this state should be continuing in its lockdown mode. And before you say, well, it's not. State's open. That's Mike DeWine's pat answer. State's open. State is not open. Not in full. Not even by a long shot. There are still so many restrictions placed upon people's lives, whether they're workers or whether they're just everyday average consumers, uh, that it's not even funny. And it's also not safe. And the state of Ohio is still under the authoritarian thumb of DeWine slash Acton. And we will talk more about that with Jack Windsor coming up. And by the way, Jack Windsor, since he's in Columbus every day covering the... um governor's daily press briefings he has also seen firsthand what is going on with the uh, columbus police meaning specifically the protests that continue to get violent and out of control people in their cars being harassed if not not outright attacked to the point where the the mayor of the city of columbus 
the pathetically weak Mayor Ginther, who refused to allow police officers to use crowd control methods that have been tried and true in the past whenever crowds become unruly and refuse to disperse when ordered, things such as pepper spray, pepper balls, tear gas, these kinds of things, said you can't use those anymore. Just tell the crowds that you want to disperse and to get off of the intersections and get onto the sidewalks. Tell them pretty please. Okay, I'm sure they'll listen, said Mayor Ginther. And oh, by the way, when they come to the Capitol building to spray paint it red and put red handprints on it, indicating that we have blood on our hands, um, just tell them pretty please don't do that. We don't need any force to protect state property including the Capitol building, which, of course, is also post one for the Ohio Highway Patrol. We can just tell them pretty please, and I'm sure they'll cooperate. No pepper spray is needed. Until, of course, it got more violent. And suddenly, yeah, the police had to use pepper spray after being told by the governor they weren't going to be allowed to do that anymore. Well, you know, upon further review, the governor said, uh, they tried to say pretty please. Hey, shock of all shocks here. The uh, unruly crowd didn't listen, so we had to do what had to be done. So, we're, so Jack Windsor's on top of all of that as well, so I'm very much looking forward to the conversation with him. So Windsor at 935, and then coming up at 1010, it will be Peter Kirsten now. So if you want to get in, it'll have to be before, between, or after those interviews at 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110. Either one of those numbers gets here. And for the, I want to say probably close to the 10th, 11th, 12th straight day, I will not promote social media uh, because it is simply satanic. I'm using it, and I'm dancing with the devil, but I don't have to give the devil free publicity on the radio, and I'm not going to do that. So uh, social media, don't bother. Uh, I am going to uh, use it as I have to use it, and that is about the extent of it. All right, let's talk about some of the most important issues facing us right now. I I read these comments to you yesterday. And maybe I'm just not a good reader. Maybe I just didn't impart upon you the importance of uh, the words that you were listening to. But as we continue to watch the attacks on American cities, including our capital city, Washington, D.C., last night, as we continue to watch uh, anarchists led by Antifa and Black Lives Matter, the organization, again, I will always make the distinction between Black Lives Mattering, which of course they do because they're American lives, and Black Lives Matter, the organization, which is a terrorist group, which is an anti-American terrorist group. Did I say that clearly enough? Didn't stutter, didn't equivocate, there's no ambiguity, they're a terrorist group, the organization. Uh, Assaulting. The United States Capitol in Washington, D.C. last night, trying to tear down from Lafayette Square the statue of Andrew Jackson. Then again, attacking and vandalizing and defacing the Episcopal Church that that was already set on fire last month and then that President Trump went to to stand in solidarity with holding a Bible uh, to show solidarity with that church. Yesterday they defaced it, painting on the pillars BL, or excuse me, not BLM, uh, BHAZ, BAZ, which is pretty pathetic, but it stands for Black House Autonomous Zone. Of course, compared to in Seattle, what they created was the CHAZ, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, later renamed CHOP, Capitol Hill 
um, occupied protests. So essentially, they didn't like the name Chaz. It sounded too weenie. So Baz was attempted to be birthed last night, and it did not work. Now, why am I going here? I'm going here to the Black Lives Matter organization that was responsible for that. And by the way, if they do continue, whether it be the BLM organization or whether it be the Antifa organizations, I got bad news for them. If you continue to try to deface and or destroy and or tear down monuments to American history the way that they have been, the Washington statue, the uh, uh, the Grant statue, the Lincoln statue, for crying out loud, the Lincoln Memorial has been attacked and defaced. This was a little bit closer to the actual George Floyd situation, but uh, uh, if you do any more of this nonsense, you're going to jail. Who says so? President Trump said so. He literally tweeted this after he saw them trying to topple the statue of Andrew Jackson um, on top of his horse on the statue on the pedestal at Lafayette Square. He said 10 years in prison under the Veterans Memorial Preservation Act. I love that that act exists, and nobody has talked about it before. By the way, criminal masterminds, he wrote, You're destroying a statue on federal property that commemorates the military service of Andrew Jackson, a crime that carries a 10-year sentence under the Veterans Memorial Preservation and Recognition Act. And you're on tape. Lock them up. Oh, I beg your pardon. That was, that was, uh, I'm sorry. That was Senator Tom Cotton's words. Those were Tom Cotton's words. President Trump reiterated them. That's what it is. Apologies. I got it a little out of order there. Tom Cotton said, by the way, criminal, criminal masterminds, masterminds, President Trump responded to that and indeed wrote, yes, 10 years in prison under the Veterans Memorial Preservation Act. Beware. That's a good start. So the BLM organizations, the uh, Antifa organizations that are responsible for all of this, some people are still trying to sell the phony narrative that these are just people that are upset about what happened to George Floyd. These people just want to show that, that, that people with darker skin, their lives matter too. And that's just garbage. It's not about their lives mattering. Of course their lives matter. This is about so much more. I read these words to you yesterday from one of the founders of Black Lives Matter, the organization. Her name is Patrice Cullors. C-U-L-L-O-R-S, Colors, And Patrice Colors admitted that she and the founders of Black Lives Matter are not just about black equality or equality in America or social justice. They want to take down the United States. They don't believe in capitalism. They believe in Marxist ideology. And when I read those words yesterday, I didn't hear a peep from you on calls or messages as if it's like we don't even blink at this stuff anymore. It, it, we've become numb to it. So maybe rather than hearing me read her words, listen to them yourself. I also think that it might... Um, I think of a lot of things. The first thing I think is that we actually do have an ideological frame. Um, myself and Alicia in particular are trained organizers. Um, we uh, are trained Marxists. Wait, what? We uh, are trained Marxists. 
You think Black Lives Matter is out there just protesting a police, uh, uh, a terrible police act against uh, George Floyd? You think they're out there just arguing on behalf of Black Lives Matter? No. No. And no. We uh, are trained Marxists. Um, we are uh, super uh, versed um, on sort of ideological theories and i think that what we really try to do is build a movement that could be utilized by many many black folk we are super versed in ideological theory and of all of the ideologies and all the ideological theories that we have studied the one that we have settled on is marxism we are trained marxists and that's why what you read on the pages of black lives matter the organization's website isn't we are just looking out for black lives. It isn't we are just looking for equality for all Americans. It's we want to destroy everything America stands for. The white patriarchy, the cisgender norm, the white white privilege, the nuclear family, religious freedom, They want it all gone. And perhaps you need to hear that on a daily basis. Maybe that's something we'll have to do. The founders of Black Lives Matter, the organization, are flat-out Marxists. And if you need some education on Marxism, I suggest you read up just a little bit. We are talking about just, you know, slivers of differences between Marxism, socialism, and communism. Quite frankly, they do not believe in what this country is was founded upon, and that's why they are working so desperately hard to tear it down. And you need to understand that. All right, we got a lot of information for you, including an expose on the fraud that is the voice for uh, for uh, targeted racial minorities who have been brutalized by and killed by police. The voice of all of the oppressed, attorney Benjamin Crump, who represented Trayvon Martin and numerous other African Americans involved in uh, killings in America, either by police or by citizens. Benjamin Crump, the champion of the African American victims, is a fraud. I'll explain right after this on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, 926, I want to share this with you here before the bottom of the hour, and we pivot to a conversation with Jack Windsor, but this is extraordinarily important. As we talk about racial justice in America, as we talk about um, policing in America and so forth, Benjamin Crump has been one of the most high-profile attorneys in America. He achieved this lofty status by representing African Americans and African American families after incidents in which they have been killed either by police or in other types of confrontations, including Trayvon Martin. He represented the Martin family. Uh, he has been prom- a prominent voice in representation of and or support for uh, Michael Brown and his family. Uh, he now represents the family of George Floyd, which of course has launched a lot of what we're dealing with right now in Minneapolis. He's representing 
the family of Ahmad Arbery, and you notice the similarities between all of these. These are African Americans who were killed in some capacity or another by uh, people who are white. And Benjamin Crump has made him say himself a fortune. He is a millionaire attorney um, who has, again, made that made his name and made his uh, grown his fortune by representing African-American families in lawsuits against people who are white, who are responsible for, again, perhaps legally, self-defensively, as in the case of Trayvon Martin and so forth, uh, uh, but who are responsible for the deaths of the African-American groups. Well, Nia, families, Nia, uh, Nakia Crawford's family, retained the services of Benjamin Crump as well. Benjamin Crump, after Nakia Crawford, was shot and killed inside a car with her grandmother, the 18-year-old African-American girl from Akron, who was in a car with her grandmother at an Akron intersection, um, was killed, was shot and killed. Almost immediately after that terrible atrocity, um, Benjamin Crump's law firm, Signed by Benjamin Crump himself, sent a letter that said, this is on June 17th, so six days ago, uh, Dear Attorney General Barr, in a letter to the Department of Justice, our firm represents the family of 18-year-old Nakia Crawford, an African-American motorist who was unjustifiably gunned down by a white male assailant on June 14, 2020 in Akron, Ohio. She was driving with her grandmother, etc., etc. He did not use the word allegedly, reportedly, maybe, he said, was gunned down by a white male assailant. So immediately he jumped into the fray. Right? Let's pick up the story yesterday at a press conference for Nakia Crawford's family, one that was supposedly set up by Benjamin Crump, but not attended by Benjamin Crump. And the reason why, according to the family, is because he found out that the suspects are black. The white motorist narrative no longer applied. She was killed by, according to police, the suspects are three young African Americans in what they said was probably a case of mistaken identity, that she wasn't the target of these three who were out to kill someone, but it was mistaken identity is what authorities are saying now. Once Ben Crump found out there was no white uh, devil here responsible for this, he bailed. This is directly, these are directly the words of um, Nakia Crawford's family. He distanced himself from their quest for justice when authorities announced the alleged killer wasn't white. They called him, quote, fake. Nakia Crawford's father, Nick Crawford, said yesterday at at the press conference, he's been basically after the publicity. He set this up and he bailed on us on this conference we're having right now. What does this prove? What this proves, big picture, no, let me go small picture, big picture. Small picture, Benjamin Crump is, has been proven to be a fraud. Small picture is he's interested in two things and two things only. Money and fame. Notoriety. As the attorney for the, the black cause. Then he found out this that the alleged killer wasn't white. And guess what? There's no money and there's no fame in a young, innocent 18-year-old black girl being killed by three uh, young black people in Akron. So he bailed. 
That's small picture. Ben Crump is a fraud. Big picture is it proves what so many around this country have been trying to process since the George Floyd atrocity. The indefensible killing of George Floyd. It proves that Black Lives Matter, the organization, is not interested in black lives. It's interested in exploitation for profit and political motives and political gain. Like Ben Crump. Here's a young black life that should be just as outraged, that Ben Crump and others should be just as outraged was taken. This young 18-year-old innocent girl, this beautiful girl, Nakia Crawford, is dead, and her life doesn't matter as much to the BLM and the Ben Crumps of the world because it wasn't taken, her life, by a white motorist as originally suspected by Crump. That's the, that's the big picture here. This is proof. If it's a white shooter, we are all over this. If it's not, um, see ya, we're out of here. Ain't no money, ain't no notoriety, ain't no fame. And a young black life taken by three black suspects. News time now. Jack Windsor next. AM 1420, The Answer. DJ Derek, it's not bad. He's not exactly a private eye, but he's an intrepid investigative reporter, if you will. So I'll I'll take that. We talk, of course, about our friend Jack Windsor, who is uh, the thorn in Mike DeWine's side. He is the uh, I'm trying to remember all those lines. What where, where were all the things that um, uh, McLean called himself when he was talking to uh, Hans? He said, just the, what, the fly in the ointment, just the monkey in the wrench, just the pain in the A, I think was one of the other ones. I think that one probably would serve best. for uh, that's, Jack, that's Jack Windsor's role in the life of Mike DeWine. He's the pain in the A, the monkey in the wrench, the fly in the ointment. Jack, good to have you back on our program. How are you? Uh, Bob, I'm super fantastic. Thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure <laughs> to be here with you and the uh, WHK 1420 audience. Yes, sir. It's always a pleasure to have you. It's also a pleasure to watch your work each and every day when you get an opportunity to ask a question. And we watch that wonderful eye roll from uh, Mike DeWine when he knows he's about to get scorched. Uh, and that is literally what has continued to happen now. Jack, I'm going to give you wide latitude here rather than a series of, of questions. I'm going to let you ramble a little bit uh, as much as you feel you need to to explain the point. We are being told... Uh, on a daily basis, that we're we're seeing some incredible numbers. Seven hundred plus new COVID nineteen uh, positive cases reported in the last twenty four hours. We're seeing these massive spikes. Sometimes we're not being given the numbers; they're just showing us a bar graph showing, <clears throat> excuse me, or a line graph rather, showing us the spikes and so on. And you and some of your uh, colleagues have uh, done some incredible work. And last night you held a Facebook, uh, in-depth Facebook uh, meeting, uh, Facebook live meeting with your colleagues there, Brian and Dr. Frank, and uh, really kind of blew the uh, the lid off of this thing. So we can't play the entire thing because it's lengthy. So I'm going to give you wide latitude here to summarize. Are we being told the truth by the state of Ohio, by Governor DeWine and his uh, his uh, assistants? Are we being tr- told the truth about uh, the spread of COVID in the state of Ohio? First of all, thank you uh, for that question. It's important. It's critical to understand the answer to it. We are being told the truth, caveat. Okay. And that caveat is huge. So, for example, yesterday, we were told there were 
730 cases, I believe. And you mentioned last night I had the honor of talking with Brian and, and uh, Dr. Frank, and we really dove in for almost three hours uh, to the numbers. We looked at the, the state website. And if you go to the state website, we showed last night that the actual case count yesterday, the number of cases that were reported was six. The day before, it was 73. So, again, a far cry from 730. But Well, Dr. maybe they Frank were combining the two. Maybe they were taking the 73 and the six, and then it just they got squeezed together accidentally, 736. Maybe that's what 736. I mean. That's the only thing I can come up with. Uh, Dr. Frank is very candid about it. He said, cases don't matter. Don't stop looking at cases. And here's why. A, a case is not a person. And what I mean by that, let's say that I tested positive for COVID-19 and I was uh, in isolation for, for 14 days. In order for me to come out of that isolation, I need to test negative twice. So I test and I'm positive and I test again and I'm positive and I test again and I'm positive and I test again and I'm positive. I actually got a message last night from someone whose significant other has tested positive eight times since the initial test. And guess how many cases that person accounts for? Eight. Nine. 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 Yeah, eight, nine. Oh, since yep. the original. So since eight the original. Positive got it. plus got the it. original. Nine. Yep, that's exactly right. So wow. all of a sudden you go, wait a minute. <laughs> okay, so one person can have eight or nine cases. Um, so that's problematic. The other thing that's problematic is that we know that cases have been around since January. And the number that's reported on that date can include cases in January, February, March, April, May, June. So it does not indicate the current number of people who have actively contracted the virus today. And it totally misrepresents what's going on in the current 24-hour period. The other thing that it lacks is context. So if somebody has it, what does that mean? Are there because we were told in the beginning, Bob, you remember this, we've, we've, we've kicked this horse to death. We were told that we needed to um, flatten the curve and buy time for hospitals to ramp capacity. So the natural question is, what's it look like inside the hospitals? If I peek in, what am I seeing? Well, hospitalizations are down 38%. So cases are going up, but hospitalizations are down 38%. Why? Okay, there are two reasons why. Number one, we know we have the ability to test 20,000 people a day. So that number is going up. The governor often talks about sending out these, these free, or these free pop-up test locations. So you can be in wherever that location is, Erie County, Cuyahoga County, and you, and you happen to walk by, hey, do you want a free test? Sure. And you can test positive and you can be asymptomatic. My understanding is that you can also um, have the antibodies and test positive. So just looking at all of those scenarios right there, when somebody says that we have 730 positive cases, I don't know how to make sense of that. Because to me, the way that it's reported in the headline is that, oh my gosh, 730 people went to the hospital today and got tested because they're really, really, really sick. And that's not the case. And when we're told that we're going to uh, either roll out of this faster or roll back and, and get back into lockout and, you know, on our masks, as they like to say, the numbers matter, and giving context to the numbers matters. And cases is a great example of how we are, to answer your question, yes, we're being told the truth, the half-truth. 
but we need right. the full context of the truth. Otherwise, hey, words matter. God said in the Bible, let there be light, and there was light. So the words that we speak, they create reality for people. And if we're scaring the heck out of people, we're doing them a grave injustice at a time where they really need the truth so that they can understand how to think and feel about this this virus and then adjust their lives accordingly. Jack, what I don't understand, we're talking to Jack Windsor, uh, reporter for WMFD-TV out of uh, Mansfield, and he is in Columbus on a regular basis. And by the way, I want to talk about the uh, protesting and the violence in Columbus, too, when we're done here. Uh, what I don't understand, Jack, is the motivation behind not providing that context. Why would he just throw that number out there, 730, and let people think what they think, which means 730 uh-huh. new people have been diagnosed and tested positive when he is in the process of opening more things up in the state and relaxing some of the restrictions, including, and this one is personal to me because my son is a high school football player, but contact sports are now allowed to get back in, and they're allowed to have 50 kids together in an outside practice setting uh whereas you know just before that it was you know 10 people maximum and and so on and so forth um so they're allowing more things to happen one would think they would want people to know that the disease is not the virus is not spreading at 730 a day and that's why we uh we are relaxing some of the restrictions one would think that by by providing these numbers without the context that he's setting up a new round of restrictions or perhaps more uh tyrannical or Orders. Um, what do you make of that? Well, in the beginning, we flirted with this topic, and I said to you, I want to give the administration uh, the benefit of the doubt. I mm. want to make sure that I'm not piling onto them and assigning to them some motive that I have conjured up in my mind. But I will tell you this after our live broadcast last night, uh, Brian Blackburn is a uh, medical data analyst. He's, he's spent time with some of the biggest outfits in the entire country and knows his stuff. Um, Dr. Frank is a modeler. He, he modeled uh, the AIDS outbreak, uh, Ebola. He actually successfully modeled the outcome of the 2016 presidential election. He understands how to model. Those two folks are extremely bright. Both of them individually have communicated with the Ohio Department of Health and Governor DeWine and his administration. And Dr. Frank even says, I know for a fact that my model has landed on the governor's desk. So my presumption that they don't know is gone now. They have the information that we have. And what both of uh, the guys I just mentioned, uh, Brian and Dr. Frank, said last night, I've also experienced. They've talked to epidemiologists. And Dr. Frank said he was told, stop sharing this information. You're going to get people killed. And Brian has been told, look, that's not how we do it. We understand we have the information, but we really have to interpret the information for people because we don't want them to make bad choices. I had a, an epidemiologist tell me off the record that, look, that is a common practice in our industry, and I've compared it to a helicopter parent. I tend to be a little bit of a helicopter parent. I get that. I want my, I want my daughter to be safe, uh, but I also have a responsibility to tell her the truth and teach her about life. And it seems to me that not only does this administration have the information, but the ep- epidemiologists who know what's going on are repackaging the information and delivering it to us in a way that, they want us to receive it so that we act the way that they want us to act. I'm I'm blown away by what you just said. I'm a bit of helicopter parent, too. I'm very concerned with the safety of my children, and I act accordingly. Uh, we are not their children, Jack Windsor. 
That is the part about this that is blowing my mind. They they don't trust adults, Ohio adults, to make up their own minds based on the facts with context, uh, you know, as they exist. And based on the modeling that you're talking about, you know, they were so quick to run with the uh, the phony model from uh, from uh, Britain. They were so quick to run with the phony model from Washington State, but not ones that are accurate. And again, they're treating us as if they are somehow our parents. Um, and Jack, that that is mind blowing. How do they how do they explain that away? And I know you can't get a one on one with uh, Dewine. You tried. Uh, I only had it once, and I was too rough on him, so I'm never getting another one. Um, but but how do they explain that? Um, you, you know that that uh, that difference between the numbers and the context that you're talking about. They control the narrative. You know, when you look at the press conference, so they don't have to explain it. Essentially, that's the answer. They yeah, don't have to explain. They don't. Well, okay. you look. I asked. Uh, I'll. I'll take a little bit of liberty here. Give me just a second. Okay. Uh, so I asked a hard question last week on, how, by the way, we're in a hiring freeze. Why did we re- rehire Amy Acton at a quarter of a million dollars and hire this new gentleman to, to provide some consulting for you? Before benefits, that's that's a half a million dollars. When you add in benefits, it's mm-hmm. a lot more. Mm-hmm. We're in the middle of a hiring freeze. We're borrowing money from the federal government because we're insolvent. We're clawing back benefits from 23,000 Ohioans. How does this make sense? His answer was very telling. He essentially said, well, I'm the governor, and I get to make those choices. What I heard is, I make the laws, but I don't have to follow them. That's, that's scary to me. That's exactly correct. That is exactly what he is saying by that. But we're in a hiring freeze, but uh, not me. I can do what I want. So I'm going to give you the information that I want you to have. And we covered this last night, and, and I want to say this on the air because I think it's important. Most people don't know the efficacy of masks is not only in question, it's been proven we really don't need to be wearing masks, particularly if you're not sick. You shouldn't be wearing masks in public. By the way, kids are not carriers of this virus. So we're, you know, we're spending a lot of time and money and, and heartache thinking about what's going to happen in the fall when the kids go, have to go back to school. And, oh, by the way, we're wearing the masks. It's not for you. It's for somebody else. Well, guess what? Asymptomatic spread is not happening. But we don't hear those things. We get the truth. There are 730 cases, but we don't get kids aren't carriers, the masks really aren't working, and asymptomatic spread isn't happening, because if they told you that, then how we respond to this virus as a collective group would look a heck of a lot. Well, they're, 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 and, they're, being very, they're being very misleading about that, particularly the asymptomatic spread part. You recall it was a week and a half or so ago now that uh, uh, the WHO and the CDC said, uh, yeah, there is no asymptomatic spread or it's very rare. And then, of course, somebody came down like the Thor, or the hammer of Thor on that doctor. And she said, um, what I meant to say when I said very rare was like 35 to 40 percent of the cases are spread by asymptomatic people. Uh, you tell me what that means, Jack. Obviously, they, they are not very clear in their messaging, and when somebody told the truth, they immediately had to say, whoa, 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 you've got to walk that back, not even walk it back. They just said, I was wrong. They made her say I was wrong. I meant to say 35 to 40%. Yeah, that was a CYA, CYA moment. That's what that was. And uh, we talked about it last night. The viral load is why this doesn't make sense. We've all been programmed by that ping-pong ball commercial that we see, where, you know, if somebody gets sick, then it causes this chain reaction. That's yeah. not how it works. Not all of us are equally susceptible. Here's the other thing. Asymptomatic spread doesn't really happen because there's a thing called viral load. And I love the way Brian put it last night. If I step out into the rain for a minute um, and I get a drop or two on me, I may test wet. But if I, if I hug you, you're not going to get wet if I have a drop on my shoulder. Now, if I stand out in the rain for 20 minutes and it's pouring down rain and I'm soaked, not only do I test wet, if I give you a hug, you're going to get wet too. 
that's viral load. And there are people who have been exposed and who will test positive that they have one drop. They're not spreading this disease. But again, it's they don't great... tell you that because they want you to think that everybody who tests positive right. is out there spreading the disease. That is a great, great metaphor for all of this. And Jack, can you hang with me through a short break here? Yeah. I, sure. I want to talk about I want to talk about the violence in Columbus and what uh, the mayor of Columbus is doing to that city by refusing to empower its police to reclaim the streets. People are getting hurt, uh, and it's a dangerous situation. You're there every day, so I just want to get your uh, quick analysis of that. Uh, Jack Windsor, WMFT TV, will come back with us right after this. Continue now with uh, Jack Windsor, WMFD TV in Mansfield, uh, and we're going to talk a little bit more about what's going on in Columbus. Before I do that, to follow up on what Jack just said about the efficacy of masks, masks are absolutely 100% not necessary, not needed, not helpful. Asymptomatic spread is not a thing, and everything else that is being done with respect to masks is because this is about social control of the people. And I want to remind everybody, if you want to be able to go into a place without being hassled, without a mask, become a member of Citizens for Free Speech. It's free. Go to citizensforfreespeech.org, become a member, and they will send you a free laminated card and lanyard that you can wear around your neck that outlines your rights to refuse masks on medical grounds. Wear the card, not the mask. Show it to anybody that gives you a hard time in a store or anywhere else that you might be. Wear the card, not the mask, and it's free. Just get it by registering as a member at citizensforfreespeech.org. Now, Jack Windsor, Mayor Andrew Ginther is maybe uh, the second biggest weenie mayor in the in the uh, United States, perhaps behind Mayor Jenny up in Seattle. Uh, he's 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 on the verge of allowing essentially a uh, chop zone Midwest version with what he is doing. I want to read a couple of his tweets. Uh, if you are at the protest and believe the police acted inappropriately, I encourage you to send photos, videos, and complaints to report CPD at Columbus.gov. Peaceful protests are encouraged. We know there were clashes between police and protesters last night. Inappropriate use of force by police will not be tolerated, nor will assaults on officers. Yeah, that's a nice little phrase to add in. The bottom line is... There is anarchy in the streets of Columbus. People are being hassled. Vandals are destroying property. They're attacking cars. And Jack Windsor, Ginther is more worried about whether or not the neutered police are being too tough in trying to protect people than he is about the actual rioters, the vandals, the looters, and the anarchists. You tell me what you see there every day. So I'll tell you what I saw during a protest, and I was sorely disappointed that it did not get reported. I think uh, to whom much is given, much is expected. There was an elected official who took a swing at an officer. That's a felony. It didn't get highlighted, didn't get talked about, and I certainly don't think it got prosecuted. That's an issue. Uh, and I agree with you. It Are you at liberty like to a, say who, Jack? Are you uh, able would, to say who? I need to watch the video again. I will. The next time I call in, I'll give you that information. Understood. Thank you. Go. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, because uh, there, were, there were three uh, that were standing close in, in close proximity, and I don't want to misquote. Um, but I saw the swing, um, and I... And 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 it's you know it's it's an assault on on an officer. That's a big problem. Um, but what I'll tell you is what you just read to me is is an oh by the way comment. Hey, let's get all riled up about this. And oh by the way, if somebody's you know hurting the police, look. Do I think that people act inappropriately in every profession? Absolutely. I don't think this is about that. If this was about uh, doing what's fair and maintaining law and order, we wouldn't have had a bonfire 
at uh, High and Broad Street over the weekend. Literal bonfire burning in the street, cars blocking the road so that people couldn't get through. At one point, uh, there were shots fired into uh, into a crowd of, of officers uh, at some point over the last week. And this is going on. And all we heard from the mayor prior to Sunday was, well, you know, the state house grounds, that's really state highway patrol jurisdiction, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, I sent some messages uh, to the mayor, asked him to, to comment. He won't respond to me. Um, and, I, you know, I kind of lost my cool on Sunday. It was Father's Day. I have my daughter with me. And, you know, I think about her future and what law and order should look like in the country that she should inherit. And, uh, you know, I, I, I posted a video, maybe I shouldn't have, uh, but I called, I called Mayor Ginther out and I called Governor DeWine out. Uh, there are people who are blocking the road that are literally shutting down traffic. Um, and I actually broke a story last week, I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday, where a motorist was trying to drive through downtown. Protesters surrounded her car, started pelting her car, and she called, uh, called the police. Now, thankfully... They were able to escort her out without injury, uh, but that's that's unacceptable. The other thing that I posted uh, last week, which I think is pretty telling, um, is a 911 call where someone called the Columbus Police Department and said, look, uh, this this road is shut down. People are popping wheelies on, on motorbikes. They're, um, you know, they're impeding the flow of traffic. This is dangerous. What's going on? And the dispatcher flat out says, I'm sorry, we've been told to stand down by the mayor. And um, Ginther denied that's that. That's where we're at. Ginther denied. I heard it. I played it. In fact, I played that audio on my program the, of that nine one one call. Ginther came out later and said, "That's not true. We did not tell them to stand down." Has anybody followed up with him on that? So I am uh, in the process of uh, authenticating to make sure that that is absolutely true. The first incident I talked about with the motors being surrounded—that was in question. I proved that. Um, we'll get that. We'll get that call authenticated, and, w- and when I do, I'll, I'll make sure I share it with you. Um, but by the way, I've heard from multiple officers who have indicated two, two things. And I want to be careful with this because I have not confirmed it yet. So what I'm giving you, it could be conjecture. It could be speculation, but I'm going to give it to you anyway, because I think it's important. What I'm hearing is that they have absolutely been told to stand down, but they're not going to say it publicly because of the outcry that would happen and the pressure. The other thing that I'm told uh, that has happened is that uh, any communication that the Columbus Police Department has on their social media programs, what they talk about, how they talk about it, has to be cleared through the mayor. That's a travesty if that's true. We'll get to the bottom of it. We'll figure yeah, it out. And I believe I believe every word of both of those. Absolutely, no doubt in my mind. Uh, this mayor is, is concerned. He is in CYA mode constantly. And the fact that a dispatcher told an actual caller that we've been told to stand down, I'm sure he's going to have her job. Uh, and anybody else who actually dares to speak out and speak the truth about what they've been told, they're going to answer to the governor or to the uh, mayor as well. And by the way, where is the governor for crying out loud? He also lives and works in that city. He is doing nothing. Two of the most spineless leaders I've seen uh, in one place in a very, very long time, Ginther and DeWine. Um, listen, Jack Windsor, keep up your great work. Thank you for the truth about the COVID numbers. Thank you for the update on what's going on there in Columbus as well. And we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you, Bob. God bless you. Jack Windsor, WMFD-TV. God bless him for the work that he's doing. Curse now after the news, AM 1420, The Answer.